Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Chan and welcome to another IMCO in 5 Minutes. Many Christians have asked me what is discipleship, or better yet, what does it mean to be Christ-like or a Christ follower since that is our Christian calling card. We are called Christians and identified as such because we are Christ followers. But what does a Christ follower mean? Is it a spiritual endeavor where one continues to find every nook and cranny of brokenness in their lives? reveal them nakedly to others, and begin a wilderness wandering of meditation and Bible reading, and also sobbing? For some, it might be. Is discipleship a rigorous study of the Bible, knowing every single detail and context of each passage, so that we can be ready to dole out a full wallop of theology and scripture when a person asks us a question? For some, it might be too. Is discipleship personal piety? Go to church and do the rituals every Sunday and occasionally serve at the church. For some, that might be too. Is it speaking in tongues, performing miracles, able to sing and pitch and play at least two instruments in the worship band? <laughs> yes, it could be that as well. Therefore, the word discipleship, i.e. Christ-likeness or Christ-follower, and the process of discipleship appears to be open to individual interpretation. You see, today with all the books available, just check out Amazon and Google Discipleship. It appears to be whatever works for you to make you feel more Christian, that's discipleship. Therefore, if discipleship is so abstract, individualized, and elusive, maybe we should put something else as our calling card, an identity, something else that would characterize us as Christians universally. Something that makes people respond with a positive response, saying, Wow, I had a funny feeling you were a Christian. As opposed to, Really? You call yourself a Christian? Something that we, by definition, should have the corner market in. This is where my story begins. My six-year-old daughter attends a Christian school, and so, by process of registration and elimination, every adult, presumably, are Christian. Every morning when we walk to school, we would see parents parking illegally. Some leave only a foot from the stop sign or a foot from the curb in the intersection. Some park on people's lawns, yes, on others' lawns. Others move school cones that were meant to direct traffic to park their massive SUVs. Some honk at each other, cut each other off, and drive erratically. Now, granted, this is only 80% of the parents. There are the 20%, and they're wonderful people, law-abiding parents who actually park further away from the school, knowing that the traffic gets crowded in the morning. However, the 80% of the parents' driving behavior was so bad that neighbors began complaining to the school principal. And so this past week, he sent out an email to all the parents, and it reads, Dear parents, Recently, we have received phone calls and messages from people in the neighborhood complaining about some of our parents' driving habits during student pickup and drop-off. Please make sure that you park legally and in consideration of neighbor's property. This includes blocking signs or lanes or traffic. Remember that we represent Christ to the neighbors. Thank you. Ah, there's that phrase again. Represent Christ. What does that mean? Unfortunately, as I explained earlier, that is nebulous and so abstract and open to individual interpretation that after this email was sent, many parents continued their erratic and illegal driving habits. Probably thought that speaking in tongues is more discipleship than driving habits. So here's my proposal. Let's put aside Christ-likeness, 
discipleship, and whatever Christian jargon that is synonymous with these phrases. How about we Christians have the corner market or the monopoly on being, wait for it, nice people? How about we say being nice is mandatory if you are Christian? In fact, niceness is our ethos. Niceness that plays itself out through the fruits of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Nice people. We, Christians, by default, when we say yes to Jesus, our ethos, our life, should reek of niceness and our continuing pursuit to be nice people. We don't need to tell people we are Christian. Heck, I don't even think that we even need to preach if our lives reek of niceness. People would go, wow, I knew you were different. Now I know it's because you're a Christian, as opposed to, are you kidding me? You call yourself a Christian? You see, I still remember Wonder Woman's question to Stephen Trevor when she asked, would you say that you're a good example of a man? And Stephen Trevor would respond, I'm above average. I wonder, have I examined my life and determined whether my life shows a pursuit of being the nicest person I can be so that when someone asks me, quote, would you say you're a good example of a Christian, end quote, can I confidently say yes? Let's set aside this whole discipleship, Christ-likeness, Christ-follower stuff. That's great. But for starters, let's corner the market on niceness and be the nicest people that God has enabled and empowered us to be by His Spirit. Because the world needs that. That's my opinion. I'm Jonathan Chan of Company Disciples, a ministry for business and working professionals to empower them to become exemplary leaders by connecting God's work with theirs. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do, visit our website at companydisciples.com. Till next Friday, have a blessed weekend.